a minute. Wait a minute. Calm down and listen to me. Nobody's saying you can't own a gun. Nobody's even saying you can't carry a gun. All we're saying is you can't carry a gun in town. And you can't have a gun in the trunk of your car. And you can't have any bullets in your gun. And you ain't allowed to shoot it either. That's not so bad, is it? This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yes, you guessed it. We're going to talk about guns today. We're going to have a little, uh, we're going to have a little gun reality check here, because things are going on in this world you guys need to be aware of. And then we'll talk about some politics and stuff in the second half. But before we get into that, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, based right here in Southern California. Offices all over the place. Licensed in California and Arizona. A few states on the way. If you're interested in getting getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities out there, you just got to know where to find them, and you need to be have your eyes open. If you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, because you're a millennial or uh, or maybe you're just stealing time from your boss or for whatever reason, for whatever reason, go on uh, to uh, uh, WCCLoans.com. All kinds of uh, mortgage information and information about our company. Um, but you click on the Loan Center, click on Apply Now, and you can give me as much information as you want me to have and tell me how much information you want back from me. And you'll hear back from either me or one of my teammates, and we will uh, help you uh Find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether you're looking to buy a house, an investment property, uh, refinance a house that you have, or get one of them reverse mortgage things, uh, reach out to us. If you hear any part of the uh, show you want repeated, you can go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You can listen to it on demand anytime. You can hear this show in several past shows. Uh, you can also get the uh, podcast on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free. Uh, connect with the show on social media. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Sometimes more than others. Depends on how much emotion I get about what's going on. Or really what's more important is how much emotion Don gets. You know, we're watching we're watching what's going on in the evening, and she's going, tweet about that now! So uh, sometimes you're getting uh, my thoughts, and sometimes you're getting Don's thoughts. But uh, typically, they're, we're both on the same page. Uh, follow the show at Facebook on uh uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And, uh, you know what? 855-640-2020 if you want information. And don't forget our listener hotline, 855-640-2092. If you've got an opinion on my opinion, because, you know, everybody has an, has a, has a, uh, right to their own opinion and everybody has a right to mine as well. So, uh, if you hear mine and you disagree with it or you agree with it, you can uh, put a, uh, a message to me at 855-640-2092. So uh, in the studio with me, like I say, we're going to talk about guns. Uh, today I got uh, Roger Doyle, co-founder of a company called Think Active Shooter Consulting Group. And uh, I met Roger and uh, and his partner, Roger. Uh, they got Roger 1 and Roger 2. R1 and R2, yeah. R2 and R2. Uh, getting my uh, concealed carry. And uh, at the time they were teaching CCW classes. And... Uh, and we, you know, over the course of the day, and quite frankly, I thought that you know, you when you're getting your uh, concealed carry weapon uh, permit, you get uh, you get half a day in the class, 
where they teach you the thinking behind carrying a gun, which I thought was more enlightening than just shooting, than qualifying to shoot. And uh, I was impressed with these guys. I've I've endorsed their uh, their their class on the on the year a uh, year ago when I, when I did the class. And uh, Roger, welcome. Well, well, thank you so much, Ed. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to come in here. Um, and you are absolutely 100% correct as far as the mental state behind shooting a gun. Mm-hmm. Most people can grab a gun, they can shoot at a paper target because it doesn't shoot back at them. Uh-huh. So you can learn and train to do that. But what happens in real life? Uh, there's, <laughs> They shoot back. They shoot back. They throw bigger rocks. Exactly. And we have developed a program that teaches people how to think when people are throwing bigger rocks at you. Yeah, I know, uh, I know just the act of carrying a gun since I've had my concealed carry and I try to try to carry it all the time. And, but I'm, I'm conscious of places that I can't carry and conscious of, you know, what you're, you know, you stuff that you taught about, you know, sitting, you know, where you sit in a restaurant, where you sit in a theater and, and just watching people and being conscious of that. And, you know, you try, you try to get it to where it's as natural as you can be, but you got a big hunk of steel in your, uh, on your person. And so it's, it's hard to not be conscious of it, but you want it to be kind of, you want to be an unconscious, uh, competent unconscious competent right right right, right. and it's and it's it doesn't happen it doesn't happen accidentally it, it takes a lot of time and most people i mean because it's such a foreign thing to them um they will you will uh, trust me you will learn to carry that weapon and you will learn to be comfortable carrying that weapon but it's everything else that goes along with that it's exactly. not just carrying that gun exactly i can tell you that uh don was real leery at, right at first and now it's and you know at first like well i'm i'm gonna carry and she's she's kind of uncomfortable around it and then <laughs> then now it's you know we were out on our boat last last year and it was just me and her and we're out in the middle of lake mojave we're just floating around listening to music and she goes you you didn't bring your gun did you and i go no i didn't think you were comfortable she goes you should have brought it what happens if someone comes up to us in the middle of the lake and they have a gun and they steal our boat and throw us out in the middle of the lake <laughs> uh and then she you know we go out and do you have your gun with you yep okay She's like now. Now she she sees the world for for more what it is that she'd rather me have it than not. Well, and that's the beautiful part of it because I am such a proponent of people carrying guns. We taught CCW. I want everybody who's legally and able to carry a gun to carry one. And just so and just so everybody knows, uh, your your law enforcement here in Southern California is your full time job. I am. Yes, sir. Okay. So so and uh, and you in the class you talk a lot about some of the experiences that you have and. Uh, and the ways, and I thought it was rather humorous about the way that that you guys talk about the, the Highway Patrol. Oh, they're our favorite. Uh, we won't go into that on the air, but CHP definitely a wonderful. Uh... How to how to handle being pulled over? How to handle being pulled over if you've got your gun in your car? Well, if, if you tell them and it's the CHP, they'll probably just wet their pants. So uh, so anyway, I don't want to I don't want to uh, make fun of the CHP guys because they are cops too, and we support the support all you first responders the way we uh, support the uh, the vets. But uh, on your website, thinkactiveshooter.com, you have photos of some recent active shooting situations, uh, the airport terminal shooting in Fort Lauderdale, the Orlando nightclub, the Munich Metro shooting, uh, all good examples of instances where preparation might have made a difference in in the outcome. And of course, not far from here, right now, you know, we had the terrorist shooting in San Bernardino two years ago. Well, a year and a half ago. Um, if more people carried in public, what kind of difference do you think it could make in terms of stopping these attacks? Well, let's let's just break it down to its simplest form. Everybody can recognize a school. 
school, I mean, you, that's the most vulnerability or most vulnerable area that we are, right? Mm-hmm. These kids have nothing to defend themselves. You arm every teacher that is legally able to carry a gun and you train them to be proficient with that weapon. How many people are going to want to go into that school Not with many. a gun? Not many. Well, because the first, te- less. Right? the first teacher that stands up and says, Not on my watch, bang. Because what, what people don't understand is in that environment, every tick of the second hand of a watch, the potential that someone is going to die. Mm-hmm. Now, if you arm people or put a CCW in their hand, nobody's going to know who's carrying and who's not carrying because these guys think and know that this is an opportunity. This is, this is a, 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 a soft target. These are soft targets. These are people who can't fight back. Exactly. How do, how do, you, uh, how do you compare the uh, concealed, people carrying concealed versus open carry like uh, Arizona, Texas? And you, know, it's, you don't have to have a concealed carry. I have one now because I have a place in Arizona. But, uh, but open carry, you don't have to have a license to open carry in Arizona. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's great. Like I say, I, I wish in I wish everybody in the world could carry a gun. Is it? Do you think it makes a difference whether you're open carrying or concealed? Um, it, if somebody has a gun on their hip, I'm not going to mess with them. Are you? No. I, I don't know. The, I don't know how well they shoot or how well they don't shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the one to find out. And if I were going to create hate discontent, which is what these crazy people are doing, uh-huh. reference active active shooter. Um, you know, you got somebody with a gun on their hip. Are you really going to challenge that person? Are you really going to put yourself when you don't train, you don't shoot your gun every single day? You know, you, you bought a gun two months ago and you decided that you're going to take life because the world has ended for you. And you got a guy who's walking around with a gun on his hip. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. And most of us that have, uh, or CCWs. Most, most of us that own guns, I mean, I had no interest in owning a gun until, you know, several years ago just because of what was happening in the country. And now I got a whole bunch of them and we go out regularly and shoot them. And I want to just get comfortable to where you're just, you know, it's just getting comfortable with, Hey, you know, this is what you do. You you pull them out, you you take your safety off, you, you know, you cock your thing and talk, cock the gun and, you know, aim and shoot, you know, just so you you know how all the different guns, guns work. And so when you pick one up, you're not going and see, how does this one work? But that goes to the mental preparation. Mm -hmm. You got to be mentally prepared in order to pull out whichever gun it is. You got to, I mean, you can build muscle memory by standing in in range. I mean, you can literally pull it out of your holster. You can get a sight alignment, sight picture, trigger press and follow through on any weapon. You'll learn how to do that. But if you're not mentally prepared to react to someone pointing a gun back at you, Mm -hmm. well, then you have issues. Correct. Teddy Roosevelt said it the best. In any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the worst thing. The, I mean, the next best thing is the wrong thing. The worst thing you can do is nothing. Exactly. And if we're not training our brains to do something, might as well just roll over and play dead exactly. and be and, a target. And I know uh, you uh, somewhere on your website, your, uh, it says it's not if it's when now the, the world has changed quite a bit. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of my employees who's who their parents just got uh, burglarized the other day, and I said they're on vacation. They don't have a they don't have an alarm on their house. They go they lived there for thirty eight years. It's a different world that we live in than it, thirty eight years it's ago. It's terrible. It's terrible. Society as a whole is. Um, w- w- I, I I don't know how to say it other than I mean we're going to hell in a handbasket. Exactly, Ed, it, it's just getting bad. We had we had too many years of Obama and uh, and the entitlement attitude and quite frankly it's not hey that attitude didn't say hey it's okay to steal from people 
but it said it's okay that, that you that you get something for free. And that we're not going to punish you very much because you must have needed that more than the guy you took it from. Yeah, remember uh, we had a we had an election last year, and California voted to turn felons into misdemeanors, and we just released a bunch of people that did some pretty bad stuff. And now they're running the streets. And they know that if they get arrested again, they're going to be out in 24 hours. They'll beat you back. Yeah, absolutely. Doing the exact same thing that they were put in for in the quite, first place. Quite sad. So uh, so you say caring is only one part of the equation. You also teach people mental preparation. Tell me, tell me why it's important, and how does one get mentally prepared for an active shooter situation? Well, like I said, it's the Teddy Roosevelt quote, and that's what we base everything on. Um, it, it, you have to understand that the situation is going to unfold, and if you don't do something it's going to end up negatively, not only for you, but all of those around you. And if we can, and we call it the caveman brain and it's um, action and reaction, mm -hmm. I guess is the way, the best way to explain it. Everybody's pretty much heard right. of that. Um, well, for us, the caveman brain is this. If you were encounter a situation that you're unfamiliar with, your brain has to go into that, see it. You have to pull from this area of your brain and that area of your brain and this area of your brain and that area of your brain. You got to put it all together. You got to figure out, okay, let's try this. And then it sends it down to your body parts and then you actually do that action. Well, we eliminate all that because if we can mentally prepare you for these types of situations, it's an instant reaction. You're going to do something. You're going to just make something happen. And then you're going to create the caveman brain and the bad guy. And that's what we that's what we're trying to get across. We're creating a paradigm shift, helping people think outside the box and not just be a sheep. And yeah, don't don't be a don't be a victim. You, you, don't be you a see victim. A, see a situation, position yourself in the right place so sure. that so that you can get away from it if you, if something happens, or you well, can absolutely. react to it if you can't get away from it. Absolutely. And, and like I like I tell most people, there's two things I knew this morning when I woke up. One, damn Roger, you're still as good looking as you were when you went to sleep. And two, you don't have a big red S on your chest. Uh -huh. You can't stop bullets. You can't leap over small buildings, right? Uh -huh. So you have to mentally prepare on how to stay alive another day. And as the world gets worse and worse and worse, it's harder and harder to stay alive every day, right? Yeah, that is a fact. And so we have transitioned from the if something's going to occur. I could list off a hundred incidents that history has shown is has happened. Mm -hmm. Let's go from Columbine to Sandy Hook to, these are all big ones that most people have heard of, Santana, Granite Hills, Aurora, Colorado, Virginia Tech, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And it's and it's what's scary is it's getting to be where people hear about it and it does, you know, it's, it's, something popped up. Some guy got shot in San Antonio, Texas, right before we started recording. I challenge you to open up any media outlet and go through the entire article and not read something on some loss of life somewhere. We are becoming apathetic to this system, which creates that sheep mentality. Exactly. So um, who's your audience? Who do you offer these courses to and what can they expect when they uh, when they work with Think Active Shooter? Anybody and everybody. Um, we, we're geared more towards going towards the businesses. The businesses. Um, we want to educate the groups of people that are working all together and how to keep them all alive. Um, but we also teach classes, um, not only in the firearms training, but also that mental preparation. Um, we, we, we change that caveman mentality. So I know when I, I took your class in uh, uh, last year to get my, my CCW, it's more the classroom is, is geared towards that mental part. Mm -hmm. But the but the shooting part is more towards just being competent. You, you can use your gun and you know have a some basic 
hey, you know, if someone's there, can you can you hit a guy from uh, from five yards away? Right. Can right. you you know have have some basic? Well, we have the the we, we have uh, several uh, several programs that we offer, and uh, we do just the mental preparation part. Mm-hmm. We also do the mental preparation as well as the firearms training, and then we do a tactical firearms training for anybody that is CCW or just wants to come out and learn how to play with a gun. Mm-hmm. We'll do the beginner courses and all the way through. We'll work you through the process. Um, we're uh, we 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 pretty much honed all of our training, and we, we can teach anybody and everybody. But what we're focused on through Think Active Shooter is that mental preparations for businesses, the legalities behind after the incidents uh, incident occurs, and everything associated with that. So yeah, I can I can tell everybody that going through Roger and Roger's class R one and R two, um, it was quite enlightening. I I I I was really I don't know if I if I say I was I was I was. Uh, you could say it. you were awestruck because of us, but that's all right. Uh, awestruck. I don't know if awestruck is the word, but it's, it's stunning. Some of the, the realities you learn and some of the, it's eye-opening. It's, it's eye-opening. It's, hey, you know what? I want to have a CCW. I want to be able to carry a gun so I don't get in trouble if I have to carry a gun. But, you know, there's a lot that goes with it. And there's a lot of responsibility. And, you know, just the, just the, the one of the opening things you guys said, hey, this is a death machine. The only reason that they created guns is to is to kill people. It's a weapon of mass destruction. Exactly, and you you have to respect it like that. And it's 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 an eye opener. And but most but most important is you you know if you can't be scared you can't be afraid of it. You have to you have to respect that and embrace it. And you have to embrace it. And you have to have to be able to uh, handle it. Yeah, and, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to because I know that we go out and shoot, but I also know that. You know that when no one's when no one's, I, I also train. You know, I train. I have a personal trainer that comes over, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays we box. Right. And he goes, "Man, that's a good power." So there's a there's a 280 pound knockout punch. <laughs> and I go, "Yeah, that's the only problem is if I if I'm when I'm going up against a guy who's actually hitting back. <clears throat> you know, it's it's easy when I'm punching the pads. You know, you tell me one two three one two three duck three do, doing right, all these things. Right. It's it's different when they're hitting back, and it's going to be different when when someone's shooting back. So so I'm anxious to uh, to try that try that that uh that class out oh and we look forward to having you so it's, uh, it's a good day yeah hey we could we could do a live broadcast hey let's do it bam 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 <laughs> i don't know how i'm not sure how how uh interesting radio that would be but it'd be fun anyway um so let's see let's talk about your background you and your partner have some pretty impressive credentials department of homeland security threat assessment risk management trained lsu certified active shooters trainers aicc instructors california post certified instructors certified tactical response to school workplace violence instructors master law enforcement instructor trainers and here's the terrorism liaison officer sounds sounds like you're pretty highly qualified to train people for active shooter um probably that's an understatement one of these titles stood out the terrorism liaison officer Mm -hmm. what exactly does that mean um basically what that is is we uh there's a team that is has been assembled so when an incident has occurred we go and we do the debrief so we learn i mean it's one thing to learn from a from a situation but i never want a monday morning quarterback what i want to learn is the are the takeaways what can we see that worked or did not work and we can utilize that in some sort of training because every day should be a training experience. If mm-hmm. you're carrying a gun around guns, know people with guns, every day should be training mm-hmm. mentally, 
or physically out on a range. Probably every day should be a learning experience for everybody and every subject. Well, I tell everybody to fail, right? Because failing is the first attempt in learning. Uh huh. Exactly. Right? exactly. So, um, as the as the terrorism liaison, what what that is is you're you're privy to all of the information that occurred when these situations go down, and then we we work backwards through those and see what we can change or improve on. What what should we have seen? What, what should have we have occurred? seen? Correct. Mm-hmm. And so and then you analyze it, use that in training? Absolutely. So uh, speaking of terrorism, we had an event this in the news this week. I wanted to get your thoughts on Supreme Court ruled unanimously to allow parts of, uh, of President, uh, President Trump's travel ban, unlike uh, activist judges uh, the Democrats are using to get their way. Supreme Court actually looked at Constitution. Um, but the ruling says citizens of those countries can enter if they have a credible claim of a bona fide relationship with a person or entity in the United States, which means uh, if someone here in the United States doesn't even have to be a citizen but can be just legally here, if it's their parents, spouses, children, adult adult child, in-laws, and siblings, they can still come in whether their family members here is a citizen or not. Um, I'm not sure this is enough. Your thoughts? It's not. It's not at all. There has to be stricter guidelines and more defined rules. Unfortunately, Ed, the the world that we live in today, anybody, (laughs) you you don't even need documentation. Mm -hmm. So if you're allowing somebody from another country to come in here and set up residence... How difficult was it for you to get a gun? Let's. I'm. I'm just going to keep it real simple. Well, I don't have any. I don't have anything in my background, so it okay. wasn't. It was not hard at all. But as a bad guy, they can walk to any street corner, any home USA, in any. I don't want to say bad part of town, but bad part of town, mm-hmm. and they can buy a gun. They have no morals. They have no. I mean, and I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about the ones that that legally have a lot or legally are allowed to be in this country. I mean. I, Everybody has a right. This is this is the melting pot of the world. Well, there's right? well, there's bad people that are citizens too. There's bad, right? Absolutely. But right? but we but also know there's a there's a whole bunch of areas. In the how country do you govern? How do you govern whether or not people. these how do you govern whether or not these people are bad coming in? If all they have to have is a family member to say, "Yo, I'm here," they get to come in. Exactly. I how do you govern who's who in the zoo, and how do you know that this person wasn't ISIS, Al Qaeda, or somebody else? And how and how many times how many times is a a whack job that that's going to shoot up the place have a perfectly normal brother absolutely so hey we let the brother in so now we got to let his brothers in which i think is a law that went into effect in the 60s that we started going down from there it's i um, i think it needs to be i think there needs to be more rules associated with that other than you got to have a family member which quite frankly uh trump was saying hey this is a temporary travel ban to give us time to take a deep breath and figure out how evaluate. Do, how, do, how do we vet these people? Yeah, evaluate. Evaluate the system and see where we can vet and make sure that these people should be allowed to roam the streets. And the Democrat the Democrats just want to say, hey, you know what? We're just being mean to people, and we're just we're just uh, we're uh, we're we're discriminating against a perf- uh, a religion. And it's like, hey, you know what? There's some bad people out there. And oh, and there's and look at how many people that are that are citizens here are bad people too. Hey, let's take away the the people that are here are here. The people that are the people that were born here are here. They have certain rights. The other people don't have the right to come in here. 
and we know there's a whole bunch of areas of the world that they want to come here and hurt people. Mm-hmm. Let's let's whittle that down. As dicks, as history dictates. Exactly, exactly. Say so, hey, we got a, a little over a minute left. Um, how does, how do people get in touch with you to to get involved with your uh, with your class? Um, they're more than welcome to go online to www.thinkactiveshooter.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes directly to our website. Um, we do have a, uh, a, a contact section there. Mm-hmm. Um, they can also call us at 844-698-4465, which is one eight four four my think, um, and um, eight four four my think. Okay, eight four four my think. All right, I like that. Yeah, eight four four my think. When do you guys teach these classes? Uh, anytime, anytime, and every time. So um, it, it, the uh, the mental preparation or the mental prep classes that we teach mm-hmm. um, are anytime. The hands on firearms are Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm going to look forward to uh, maybe having out to our, I mean, we, we did a, a uh, company-wide class. Anybody that wanted to go, we had to give a, a group class similar to the one that you gave, except for it wasn't, uh, didn't certify for, for CCW, but mm-hmm. we, they offered it. And uh, one of my employees' husband's a San Bernardino cop, and he got us in there. But uh, we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring you in and have you guys uh, do something for the rest of our company. Awesome. So, uh, Roger, thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you so much, Ed. I greatly appreciate it. Okay, everybody. Uh, if you want, if you're inter- interested, www.thinkactiveshooter.com or 844-MY-THINK. See? Okay, we'll be right back after five minutes of commercials, traffic, and weather with part two of the main event. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about mortgages on the phone, on the radio because, uh, I don't know, most of you guys think it's boring until it's time for you to get one. And since you only get one, I don't know, five or six times in your life, uh, you know, I thought I'd just uh, talk stuff that we like to talk. And uh, if you hear somebody that, that sounds like you on the radio and you need one of these, call me toll free at 855 640 2020, 855-640-2020. Whether you want to refinance, whether you want to purchase a new house, whether you want to get your kids to purchase a new house so they can move out of your house, because millennials don't seem to understand about buying houses. They want to live with mom and dad, especially in California where it's lots of Democrats and you send them to college to learn to learn something and to do something with their life and they taught them how to be more Democrats. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020 or go to wccloans.com. Hit on uh, Loan Center and apply now. Get me how much information you want and I'll get back to you. You know, uh, I'm telling you, uh, in relation to our interview from the first half, um, be aware this is a new this is a new world we live in and uh, don't, don't be naive to think that it won't happen to you. It's happening all over the place. It's uh, time to be aware and and i will tell you if you have a house and you don't have an alarm system on it you better get alarm system and turn it on when you're not home and turn it on when you're home when you're when you go to bed at night trust me you'll be happy you did it's well you know it's it's like 30 dollars a month cheap insurance cheap insurance scary out there scary out there so uh let's talk about what's uh Let's talk about some stuff that, uh, oh, you know what? Don't forget about the main event listener hotline where you can leave me a voicemail. Tell me what you think of the show. Leave me a message, and I just might play your message on the show like this one. Yes, I just wanted to comment on this uh, witch hunt um, uh, that they're uh, making about Trump. I'm sick and tired of all of these Democrats 
that are coming out of the woodwork against this man. He's done nothing wrong. He's trying to get to the business of running a country. And from day one, these Democrats have just persecuted him. And, um, you know, it's, it's not an inquiry. It's an inquisition. And it's getting very frustrating to hear all of these people, uh, badger and, uh, uh, just, it's pathetic. Uh, I, I'm so upset that um, I can't even think of how to express it. But anyway, thanks for listening. Hey, and thank you for listening. I hear I hear you guys out there, and I think you know it's uh, you guys have the same thing on your minds as I do, and uh, I just have the microphone, so I'm gonna say it. So the rest of your buddies that don't think like that can listen, and you know maybe it sounds maybe it sounds different if I say it than when you say it. I always say you know. Uh, uh, in training my my uh, my salespeople at my office, I say how to do things, and I say it and I say it and I say it over the over the over and over for the last twenty seven years, and the uh, and sometimes my guys in my office don't hear it because they hear me saying it and it, and it just tunes out. Somebody else might come in and say the exact same thing with a little different tone of voice or a little different accent or a, you know change a few words around, and all of a sudden it it clicks for them. So I'm uh, I try to. Uh, say, you know, you listen to a lot of sources and someone's going to get through to somebody. So, uh, hence I'll keep doing the main event. So, uh, let's you know, and just like the guy on the phone, I'm really tired of this Russian stuff too. I can't wait till we stop talking about it. You know, cause I say, you know, why aren't we talking about the wall? Why aren't we talking about tax cuts? Why aren't we talking about, you know, we are talking a little bit about healthcare, but why aren't we talking about making America great again? Instead, the Democrats are talking about impeaching and the Russian collusion. And, uh, you know, at least for now, some of the media focus is shifting to Obama. Thank God. It's about time. When it comes to Russian meddling in our election, we're hearing more about Obama, what Obama knew and when he knew it. Here's a story on Bloomberg. I'll read it to you. Uh, Bloomer said, uh, Russian cyber hacks on the U.S. electoral system for far wider than previously known. Details of the wave of attacks in the summer and fall of 2016 were provided by three people with direct knowledge of the U.S. investigation into the matter. Into the matter. It's not an investigation. It's a matter. Just like Hillary's emails. In all, Russian hackers hit voting systems in a total of 39 states. Supposedly. The scope and sophistication so concerned Obama administration officials that they took an unprecedented step, complaining directly to Moscow over a modern-day red phone. Modern-day red phone. For those of you guys that don't remember Batman, uh, Batman had a red phone in his office. It went directly to Commissioner Gordon. And uh, Commissioner Gordon had a, had a red phone in his office that went directly to Batman. Let's get the red phone. In October 2016, the White House contacted the Kremlin on the back channel to offer detailed documents of Russians, Russia's role in election meddling. Did they just say a red phone? Did they just say a back channel to the Kremlin? Is this the White House? Is this the Obama White House that has a back channel directly to the Kremlin? Did any, did, is this the Democratic president, Barack Hussein Obama, that has a back channel directly to the Russian leadership? Uh, because apparently three weeks ago, there was a big turmoil over the fact that uh, uh, Trump's son-in-law had suggested a back channel for an individual conversation with the Russians. I don't know. 
Is he, are you hearing any uh, any hypocrisy here? And there's something we didn't get to play last week. Here's something we didn't get to play last week. Obama's Secretary of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, admitting to the Senate Intelligence Committee that the Obama White House knew about Russian meddling in our election as far back as July, but chose not to tell the American people about it until October, just weeks before the election. There was an ongoing election, and many would criticize us for perhaps taking sides in the election. So that had to be carefully considered. One of the candidates, as you recall, was predicting that the election was going to be rigged in some way. And so we were concerned that by making the statement, we might in and of itself be um, uh, challenging the integrity of the, of the election process uh, itself. Um, this was, this was a, a very difficult decision, but in my personal view, it's something we had to do. It got careful consideration, a lot of discussion. My view is that we needed to do it, and we needed to do it well before the election to inform the American voters of what we knew and what we saw, and that it would be unforgivable if we did not. Hmm, I don't know. It sounds like uh, Obama people waited. You know, we don't, we don't want to let people think that Russia's really tampering in this thing because one of the candidates, the one we don't want to win, is already suggesting it. We don't want him to be right. I don't know until and then until there were signs that maybe Hillary might not win. Then they came out with it. So according to Jay Johnson, he and possibly Obama knew about some kind of Russian meddling in our election in July. Here's the timeline: what happened after that? In early August, the Washington Post reports that Obama received an eyes-only envelope from the CIA that de- that detailed Russian President Vladimir Putin's direct involvement in cyber campaign to disrupt and discredit the U.S. presidential race and to help Trump win. And to help Trump win. And to help Trump win. You know, the the, uh, the the Washington Post had to put that. And to help Trump win. Okay. Also in August, the Obama administration discovers some entity trying to break into voter registration systems across states. CIA, direct, CIA director John Brennan calls his counterpart in Russia and tells them to knock it off. Now you just stop it. You stop doing that. Okay. Should have had, uh, what's the guy with the lift? Should have had him do it. That would be a lot more a lot more effective. August 15th, Homeland Security issues a statement warning state governments that an unknown entity is hacking into voter registration systems. You know what? I don't know how they how they hack into voter registration systems because I was told that these uh that these voter these voter things, these uh the booth, you know, the at the polls, you go in there and you stick in your card and then you do your you uh, do your online dating or online dating <laughs> online voting. Um, I was told those things are never online. I mean, they're just computerized that they only go to a local system. They're not online. They're not on the internet. So how are they doing that from Russia? September, Obama directly confronts Vladimir Putin at the world leaders meeting in China, telling him that the American government knew what he was doing and he better stop or else. You could just feel the fear in how Vladimir Putin probably says, ooh, or else, or else what? Obama is such a scary guy. So uh, later in September, top members of Congress get a secret secret briefing by the intelligence community that Russia is interfering in the election. But to what end? They're not sure. They're just telling top members of Congress. Eh, okay. 
October 7th, the first public statement to the American people on the matter is released by Jay Johnson and Director of National Intelligence James Clapper. It says, the intelligence community is confident the Russian government directed the recent compromise of emails from U.S. persons and institutions, including from U.S. political organizations. This marks the first public U.S. acknowledgement that the Russian government interfered in the election, although it only refers to email hacking rather than to voter meddling. October 18th, Obama... At least two months after he was briefed on the CIA on Russia's attempts to influence our election, says this at a press briefing. There is no serious person out there who would suggest somehow that you could even you could even rig America's elections, in part because they're so decentralized and the numbers of votes involved. There's no evidence that that has happened in the past or that... There are instances in which that will happen this time. And so uh, I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining and go try to make his case to get votes. Yeah, I think I remember seeing a a clip saying that uh, there was some influence in elections, in all elections, um, when he was running for uh, for president in 2007 um, or before the 2008 election. I think we had a clip on that. We played here once. And... uh, and there's no evidence that it happened. Since when? Since when is evidence required to investigate anything? Because I think we have a uh, independent counsel now um, investigating uh, for Russian collusion. We don't have any evidence of anything there. Anything there with the Trump with the Trump organization? Uh, I think it's a two-sided street. You know, it's a no. I think it's a one-way street, more like. It's a one-way street, and uh, you know, it's everything's everything's good if the Democrats say it's good, and everything's everything's bad if the if the Republicans uh, say it. So uh, be careful what you listen to. Um, November eighth, election day. Donald Trump defeats Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yes, that sounded like Independence Day, and I thought that was a good time to use that clip. So uh, that's how we all felt while the other half, the people on CNN and MSNBC and uh, those, all the Democrats were crying in their soup. And the kids were having safe spaces at school because they were so upset. Ah! Meow. Get over yourself. Okay. December 6th. Now remember, now everything shifts because now Trump won. So everyone's going to stop thinking the way they were thinking before because they never thought it would happen. December 6th, top Democrats sent another letter to Obama asking him to brief all members of Congress on Russian interference in the U.S. election. We want to know how this happened. We lost again. December 9th, three days later, Obama orders a comprehensive review of what happened. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe it. Now that Trump won, Obama and Democrats get serious about finding out what happened. What would they have done if Hillary won? Uh, probably nothing. Eh, there's no there's no collusion. There's no Russian hacking. I don't even know where you heard about that. You know, I tried to tell you, but there's no evidence. December 29th, Obama announces sanctions on Russia for electing medal- for election meddling, kicking 35 Russian diplomats out of our country. I'll show you. You messed up my plans. Trump's now going to come in and unravel my whole legacy. Yeah, well, he's going to make America great again. Uh, so there's the timeline. Doesn't it doesn't make the Obama administration look very good? 
Uh, here's Newt Gingrich's reaction this week on uh, Fox and Friends. Yes, there's a big Russian story. It's Barack Obama, not Donald Trump. And you cannot make this stuff up. You are predicting he's going to go in and testify? I think the Congress has an obligation to call him in. How can you be told the President of the United States knew last August the Russians were, in fact, right. involved in this and, do, and not ask him and ask him under oath? I mean, sure. how, how can you be so irresponsible? The House and Senate are going to have to call Obama in and say, who told you? When did you have the meetings? Who advised you? Why did you decide not to do anything? And then why did you keep quiet for six months while everybody looked at the Russians and Trump when you, in fact, had this information last in August? August? So Absolutely. He's got to come in and testify. You know, what's amazing to me is, is how, uh, how stupid the American people are. Yeah, I think that's what it is. How stupid the American people are, especially in California. But, uh, but how stupid the American people are to buy all this BS. You know, you don't look at this stuff and say, hmm, how come Obama doesn't have any, any ethics? How come it's only, how come when, it's, when something goes the wrong way and it's going to make him look bad, he just shuts up? How come, it, how, come there's, how come there's no such thing as right and wrong until it becomes an inconvenience to your own personal plans? You know what? I'm just a straightforward guy, you know? I think, I listen. I consider, I ponder, and I come up with what I think. And, uh, you know, I have open mind to what, if there's other, other schools of thought, as you heard last week when I had Joey Jones on here, Joey's got a little, diff is a, got a little different angle on it than I do. You know, he wants to, he wants to not give Trump so much credit um, on these things. And you know what? Who cares? Who cares? You know, Johnny, Johnny's 30, I'm 50, I'm almost 56. So uh, Johnny's a smart guy and he's conservative. But he's also 30. So for those of you that thought, hey, Joey's a little off today. Hey, you know what? Give him a little credit. You know, he's 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 30. There's still things he's learning. He's still gaining some wisdom. He's smart, but, you know, wisdom comes from age. So, uh, and you can tell your kids that, too, when they start to get into their 30s and 40s and they start to go, wow, mom and dad are smarter than I, they're, they're smarter than I thought they were. You know, uh, yeah, but you don't appreciate it when you're young. But it's just amazing that there's no there's no such thing as as uh, backbone. There's no such thing as as uh, as standing for anything. No, you know, nobody ha nobody thinks logically, and nobody has has any ethics in in this in this place. Well, you know, I won't say nobody. Nobody in the Democratic Party. So you know, there's a lot more people that need to come in and testify. I think Loretta Lynch, maybe Bill Clinton, maybe Hillary Clinton, maybe you know, with some people that will actually ask. Uh, hard questions, and maybe a bunch of her staff. CNN should love this, since they seem to report on Russia 24 hours a day, but they're still focused on the idea that Trump's colluding with the Russians, even with no proof. In fact, CNN employees were, uh, or three CNN employees were fired this week for creating a fake story on Trump advisor Anthony Scaramucci. Something about him supposedly having a link into Russian banking system in order to help Trump. And uh, just when things couldn't get any worse for CNN, one of their producers is caught on camera by Project Veritas, the conservative undercover video operation run by James O'Keefe. You'll remember James O'Keefe did a under uh, undercover uh, sting on uh, the organization Acorn and had him talking about cheating on the helping people cheat on their taxes. And uh, and then he did the undercover video with uh, the Planned Parenthood people. Here's CNN producer John Bonifield talking to the undercover reporter. Honestly, you think the whole Russia is just like bull? Could be bull. I mean, it's mostly bull right now. Like we don't have any big giant proof. The 
I'm always CNN constantly like Russia this, Russia that. Because it's ratings. Because it's ratings? Our ratings are incredible right now. My boss, I shouldn't say this, my boss a couple days yesterday, we were having a discussion about this dental shoot, and he goes, he's like, I just want you to know what we're up against here. And he goes, just to give you some context, President Trump pulled out of the climate accords, and for a day and a half we covered the climate accords, and the CEO of CNN said in our internal meeting, he said, good job everybody covering the climate accords, but we're done with it, let's get back to Russia. <laughs> the, the CEO? So, so even the climate accords, he was like, okay, a day or so, but we're we're moving back to Russia. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's what's really news. We seem to be getting really great ratings because we're talking about what Trump's doing, even though Trump didn't do anything, and we don't have any proof. We just we just really want to think that he did. We want to think there's a reason why Hillary didn't win. And if none of this was embarrassing enough for CNN. Uh, Project Veritas released a short clip of Van Jones. If you remember, uh, Van Jones was the green job czar. Now, hey, let's pay someone uh, $180,000 a year and uh, have them be the green job czar. He's going to help find green jobs. Save the planet. Kill the people. So uh, he's n- And now he's a prominent on-air commentator at CNN. But this is what he said about Russia. What do you think is going to happen this week? I mean, with the whole Russia thing. Russia thing is just a big nothing burger. Really? So, in case you... What's going to happen with the Russia thing? He goes, ah, the Russia... Russia's a big nothing burger. Uh, it's nothing burger. Is that a uh, Hillary-ism? Because she called it... A, she called her emails a nothing burger, too. <clears throat> I wonder where you get one of them nothing burgers. Do you get them with cheese? I don't know. So, uh, so... You know, it just me. The Van Jones denies that what he meant called uh, O'Keefe's people minions who created a hoax by by taking him out of the context and said uh, that the Trump team is living in a fantasy world if they think that he was sticking up for them. Of course not. Of course not. So uh, hopefully, hopefully this Russian thing fades out, fades out. You know, I don't mind talking about it as long as we're talking about talking about uh, the Democrats and let's, uh, let's make them a little accountable for some of the BS they did while they were in the white house. And uh, you know, just even that hot mic with uh, Barack Obama leaning over and saying, Hey, I can be a lot more flexible after the election. Does that mean he's willing to make some deals with the Russians that would not be popular before an election? He might not get elected if people knew he was doing it. That's what I think, but I'm just a logical guy. I'm thinking about this stuff and what might it mean? So uh, then the other, the last thing that people are talking about this week is the uh, Health Care Act, the repeal and replace. So everybody knows that that the House passed the repeal and replace, uh, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, and uh, to repeal Obamacare and replace it. Um, the senators, the, the Senate pretty much doesn't like like the bill, so they wanted to rewrite it. And uh, and they're so they need to get past that. So if they get that passed, then it still has to go back to the House for their their approval. Um, and I hate to say tell everybody I told I told you so, but I've been saying, hey, make it two bills, do a repeal, and then don't even replace. You know, if you want to replace, you don't have to rush into that. But let's just repeal because, quite frankly, we were in not that bad a shape beforehand and we weren't wasting a bunch of money and it wasn't so expensive for health insurance and you actually got health care uh let me play a little clip there from Rand paul 
What about dividing the bill in two? Mm -hmm. Do the repeal, which no Democrat will vote for, repeal the taxes, repeal the regulations, and do a fix to Medicaid that helps to pay for everything, reform Medicaid. No Democrats will vote for anything good like that. But Democrats will always vote for spending. Sure. And so the, the big government Republicans that want more spending take the spending and put it in a bill that the Democrats will vote for. There are about, there's about 20 different bills Democrats vote for every year. Stick it on one of those mm -hmm. bills. And now you have two bills. Boom. You get it done in five minutes. And the president seemed open and interested in the idea. And that was uh, that was this morning or last night. And uh, and I'm recording Friday morning, and then as of uh, before I walked into the studio to start recording, uh, Trump is now saying, let's split it into two bills. I hate to say I told you so. Maybe I could be president. I don't know. But you know what? Health care needs to be just repeal it and say, hey, we're repealing uh, Obamacare. It's done as of January 1st, 2018, or July 1st, two or 2018. And now we've got a year to replace it. Meanwhile, the, the insurance companies can start getting their act together. So just in case we don't replace it, we can just make little adjustments to our old system. Like, hey, from now on, we can pass a little bill. Hey, you can sell over state lines. You can do this, you can do that, and we can clean it up and uh, not not tear everybody up. Hey, you know what? This is a 4th of July weekend. Uh, in honor of that, let me play my favorite uh, Independence Day clip to carry us out. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Happy birthday, America. Be safe this weekend. Thanks for listening to the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. Content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.